We're putting the band back together. Twisted Minds brought you the original fan ball. We had a bad time with enough to turn goat piss in the gas This is the Fan Ball Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're dumb, surround yourself with smart people. And if you're smart, surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you. And welcome back to another episode of the Fanball Fantasy Football Podcast, or the Fantasy Football Almost Daily Podcast, if that's uh, what you're listening to this on. I'm probably going to put it on both. We're going to get into the waiver wire article that was published by Johnny Carlisle and Paul Charchian this week. Uh, we didn't get to this yesterday, so I'm just going to do this by myself here at 6 in the morning here at the Fanball offices in the Fanball Podcast studio. No quarterbacks listed this week. I suppose if you're in a super flex league or uh, really, really stretched for a quarterback, you can look at a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's going to start for the next couple weeks for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But they did not list a quarterback. So running backs, Danny Woodhead, probably uh, available in half your leagues. He comes back week 11. Uh, PPR stud, a lot of people are really high on him coming into the year. And that first drive of the season, you looked at that and you were like, oof, Woodhead is going to be good. But unfortunately, he got injured and Buck Allen has been getting six targets per game. I expect Danny Woodhead to take most, if not all, that role. Uh, He's probably going to be a pretty big PPR guy down the stretch for teams. Uh, 35% blind bidding recommendation here on these guys with how thin uh, running backs have been. I don't think it's a dumb idea to, to throw a a very high percentage of what you have left on Danny Woodhead. Uh, Just because there's, there's not a lot for running backs out there. Just not a lot. Devontae Booker is the next guy listed here. Also available in about half your leagues. They give a 20% blind bidding recommendation for that one. I, this is a guy that I've I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks that has looked better than I I never really thought he was a great player, but he's looked better than even C.J. Anderson over the last couple of weeks, and he's getting four targets a game. He's becoming he's becoming kind of a little pass catcher in that offense where I thought Charles would be completely the pass catcher. You know, he's got some good matchups coming up. I don't know how much I would spend on him, but he could be one of those guys that does. Make a make for a great stretch, you know, of games at the end of the season. So I can see that twenty percent is fair. It's getting down to that point of the season where you have a few weeks left before your playoffs. You're going to start needing to get rid of your fab if if you don't want to if you don't have enough to pay off for Woodhead. Booker might be a pretty decent guy to go after. Damian Williams and Kenyon Drake still out there. I'm gonna. I said it last week on the waiver wire show. I still feel this way, even though they both had good games or okay games against a terrible Oakland run defense. That's it's not an offensive line you want the guys behind. If you take away that 42 yard run, and I know I hate people who do that too. Both of them had a terrible, terrible yards per carry. They could not get any running going against one of the worst teams in the league, except for that 42 yard run by Drake. Drake does that have ability, though. 
He did. He did it at Alabama. He's he's explosive. So he's the guy you want if you had to go for either of them. But I don't know. I'm kind of passing on both. They have 10% listed here. Uh, it's just not a situation I really want. Thomas Rawls, 37% available. Man, the Seattle backfield is just a complete mess. It's just a complete mess. They put a 5% blind baiting recommendation. I know they added Dwayne Brown to that offensive line. And Rawls, Rawls has had you know some good games in his career. I don't think it's the worst dart throw, but that's really what Thomas Rawls has become this season, is more of a dart throw than anything. Uh, McKissick has become somewhat of a pass-catching back there. Procise can't stay healthy and when he is he doesn't seem to be as effective as anyone really expected but there's so much sharing going on in that backfield really Thomas Rawls is just a dart throw at this point but he's he's not a he's not a poor dart throw uh also in that backfield CJ Procise probably available in half your leagues he's a PPR guy with a lot of upside but he never seems to you know make good with that upside and <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah i i guess just one percent on him listed the seattle offense has been very very productive lately and they've been spreading the ball around a decent amount that it, this is even more of a dart throw than rawls but it could really pay off uh, you know if he's available in your leagues for free or a dollar or whatever uh not not a bad waiver wire stash at the bottom of your roster Wide receivers. Let's move on to wide receivers. All right. Robert Woods, 39% available, 20% blind baiting recommendation from Charge and Johnny. <sighs> this is a guy I – John Tuvey and I have way too much love for Robert Woods. We absolutely love Robert Woods. He leads the team in targets, catches, and yards. He's got – the, a ton of 20-plus yardage plays. Goff is top three in passes over 20 yards. Robert Woods is a guy that I have on most of my rosters and I would recommend having on your roster. I honestly think 20% is too low. Robert Woods has at least five catches in six of his eight games if you're in PPR leagues. He's just – I know he scored his first two touchdowns of the season last week. But he's the safest and most consistent receiver for the Rams. And I, I would probably go higher than 20%. He's the number one wide receiver grab out there if he is in your league. I, I can't imagine a whole lot of receivers available on your wire that are much better than him. Curtis Samuel, they want to get him more involved in Carolina. They just do. There's some okay matchups coming up for Samuel. And Funches is Devin Funches. He's... Got a lot of targets coming his way, but he's not a very good football player. He just isn't. Uh, Chris Samuel should start to see more targets in his first game without Kelvin Benjamin. He saw five targets. Uh, he did have a five-target game earlier in the year. But uh, he could be a nice little gadget player that gets some decent points in PPR leagues. All right. Marquis Lee for the Jaguars. 32% available. 10% blind bidding recommendation. I'd probably want him more than Curtis Samuel. It's a Bortles led offense. I get that. It's a rushing offense. I get that as well. But Lee is the target leader. He's the guy that gets the targets. Over his last three games, he's averaged five catches for 77 yards. He's he, he's demanding most of the uh, passing game work 
he he's probably the guy I want for the Jags. Obviously, I, I would want a guy like Woods more. I probably want Lee more than Samuel, honestly. But uh, yeah, he's got some great matchups coming up. The Jags schedule. If you you should go look at the Jaguars schedule. It's hard to imagine that they don't win at least six games coming up. <laughs> They're going to be an eleven win team. They have the Browns, the Cardinals, the Colts, the Texans, a bunch of a bunch of teams that just aren't playing very well right now and just aren't defending the pass very well at all. And uh, that's going to be right in Marquise Lee's wheelhouse. All right. Well, here we come to Terrence Williams. He's a guy that I've never thought was a very good football player, but he had a great game this, (laughs) this last week. If Dez's ankle has issues, Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley are going to be much more viable. If Dez is fine, then really all Terrence Williams is is a dart throw. He's a $1, what the hell, let's see. But don't be expected if you see goose eggs or one catch for 14 yards on your stat line uh, for Terrence Williams going forward. He's a pure dart throw. This, is the, this last week was the best week of his career. And, you know, he might score a touchdown here and there, but... Yeah, this is uh, this is pure dart throw. Same with Josh Gordon. He's out there. He's out there in half of your leagues. He can't come back to week 13. So you're already going to be, you know, either in your fantasy playoffs or the week before your fantasy playoffs. But it's a sneaky stash if you think he can be any bit what he used to be. Remember, he did come back for five games where he averaged 60 yards a game. He, he had that amazing year, suspended, came back for five games, and he was a 60-yard-a-game wide receiver. Do you trust in Kevin Hogan or Deshaun Kaiser or Cody Kessler or whatever to make Josh Gordon a stud? Maybe. Maybe. He did it with poor wide receivers that, that year he broke out. But uh, this is a real, real dart throw. Johnny says 100%. Charge says Hundred percent negative. <laughs> he doesn't want a piece of Josh Gordon. So I don't know if you're a Gordon person. Maybe you already got him. I don't know. He's available in only about half of leagues, but he's an interesting stash at this point, just because of the hubbub around him. All right, moving on to tight ends. Greg Olson. He's not returning till week twelve. If he somehow got dropped in a league, pick him up. There's no Kelvin Benjamin anymore. There's a lot of targets that are, are going to be available to go around. Greg Olson should take over basically the number one target getter in that in that te- on that team's lineup. Uh, maybe McCaffrey fights him for it, but Greg Olson should be a lock for eight targets a game when he comes back. If he's somehow available and you need a tight end, you should be pushing the chips into a pretty a, a pretty large amount of chips. I don't know about all of your chips. Depends on how many you got left. But uh, Greg Olson is a guy you should have on your team. Same with Charles Clay. Probably going to be back this week if he got dropped. Jordan Matthews is now healthy. Kelvin Benjamin is there. I have a little bit of concern that Charles Clay is not going to be the top five tight end that he was for that eight-game stretch. But I think he can still finish as a top 12 guy going down the stretch. He's worth some money. He's worth 5% according to Johnny and Charch. I think that's fair, 5 to 10% on Charles Clay. Vernon Davis, if he's available in your league, Jordan Reed is constantly out. He, he misses so much time. And even when Jordan Reed is in, Vernon Davis has had a couple good games with Jordan Reed playing. He's 36% available, 
15% recommendation from Johnny and Charge. I think that's 100% fair. I, I might want Charles Clay a little bit more, so maybe I would move Vernon down to 10% and Charles right about 10% and I think the slight edge to Clay. But they're both really, really, really viable. So I think that's fair. <sighs> yeah, so that's all they have in their article for this week. I'm going to throw one more in there, and this probably isn't a waiver wire ad. This is more of a first-come, first-serve after the waivers. But Garrett Selleck is going to be the starting tight end for the 49ers, going up against the Giants, who have allowed a touchdown to a tight end in every single game this year and Week 17 last year. In fact, one of the games this year, they allowed two tight end touchdowns. That's ridiculous. They, they allow touchdowns every single week to tight ends. Garrett Selleck is the next man up in San Francisco against the Giants. Maybe a dollar if you need a tight end. Or hope he makes it uh, past the waiver period and pick him up for free in first come, first serve. I think that's all for today. I'm going to pop this right up on those feeds so that you can get this this morning. Hopefully listen to it on your commute or before your waivers run today. I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening. 